good morning and welcome to a special edition of the Richard Listens podcast. I'm Richard Olberger, clinical psychologist, and today I'm joined with a special guest, Mr. Edward Davis. So guys, so guys, glad to be here. Thank you. As all of you know, my listeners, uh, I am a sports and performance consultant and part of my passion, part of my life, part of being a sports parent is the intersection of being an athlete and being an exceptional and an intentional performer. And today we are here to talk about the journey through the pandemic, post-pandemic, about pursuing passion, about athlete mindset and how to go after your dreams, uh, even when there are obstacles that come at you, some internal, some external. Uh, Edward, thank you for making time um, and for joining us in studio today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Excited. Yes, so you are a whopping one month post 16 years old. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. How Thank did you, you celebrate? Um, the family came in, flew into New York to surprise me, so it was great. Great to have them. New York, my hometown, that's great. Did you go to Broadway? Did you go to a show? Did they make uh, you do it? We just had dinner. <laughs> I had practice and got back home and they were there, so it was cool. <laughs> So um, you are a native of Los Angeles. You are the um, from a athletic family, a motivated family. Yeah. Um, I didn't know your grandpa, a manager from the New York Mets. I didn't know that. That's my yeah. that's my team. Yeah. Oh no way. <laughs> did you get to see him in New York? Yeah, I did. I did. Really? When he um, used to manage, we used to go to a bunch of his games. We used to fly from LA to New York. <sighs> if I only knew you when. You see. You see. <laughs> It's all about timing. Um, But you've been, now I know my son (laughs) plays soccer. You know him well. Uh, I was a basketball guy. Your parents uh, were track athletes. Mm -hmm. So is there any uh, friction there on you choosing soccer? Um, A little bit, mainly for my grandpa though. He wanted me to play baseball because I was pretty good. Um, But I was like, I had to do soccer. It's always been my passion. But I used to play baseball, basketball. And ran track, but ended up choosing soccer. At some point, yeah, to, to go at this level that you're going at uh, right now, the focus has to be there. You have to choose. Probably around like 14, 15, you have to know what you want to do just to like lock in on it. Which is a good a good jumping off point, but I did see that your brother chose baseball. By the yeah, way. he did. He chose that early. <laughs> he chose that early. <laughs> so there's no, there's no favoritism there? No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we played against him actually, and he, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. So, uh, I think he had a really good game too. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, yeah, <laughs> what could have been? What could have been? He's a baller, he's a baller. <laughs> so, now you started out, uh, here, Campbell Hall playing AYSO, which is the National Youth Soccer League. And for all our listeners, great way to get started. You can start on scholarship. You can start uh, of any means. They're all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here you got started just locally in Beverly Hills, AYSO. And at age seven, you were playing for the under-12 team? Dude, it's a funny story because I was started out, I joined the league, and I was killing at my age. I think I was playing U8 or something. And they told my dad after four games that they were going to kick me out the league. <laughs> Or I had to play up with the U-12s. So we just made it work because we didn't want to. I wasn't taking it that seriously at that age. So we were like, we'll just we'll see what it is. And I ended up doing really well and made the all-star team at seven playing U-12. Wow. Yeah, a lot of kids at that age are picking the grass. And yeah. uh, if somebody is scoring a lot of goals, parents. They were not happy at all. 
they were not happy. <laughs> well, that's a good kind of yeah, <laughs> attention to get. Exactly, exactly. So early on, did you become used to playing with older players? Was yeah. that? Um, yeah, always playing up with older kids. That was like the norm for me. Not really ever really getting bullied, never had a problem with it, but I just liked it. I enjoyed the competition. Was there a moment when you played against somebody bigger? I know, you know, puberty starts kicking yeah. in where you were like, this is this is difficult. Probably when I started playing pickup before the pandemic, when I was like 13 against some of those college kids, I was like, wait, this is this is another level because I didn't hit. I was probably like five, four or something. And these kids were bullying me. And I was like, what in the world is happening? That was the only time. Not when I was younger. Not really when I was younger. And for all our listeners, so you uh, began a journey. You started uh, an LAFC Academy, mm-hmm. um, and that was not the smoothest of journeys. No, I dealt with a lot of injuries. I fractured my kneecap early on in the season and then hyperextended my knee. I was out for like four months with both injuries. So it just never really worked out, and I ended up getting cut. But it really worked for my on my behalf getting cut. It ended up helping me tremendously. Well, this is a good point because injuries oftentimes to reset, relook at your career and your choices, but it doesn't always seem that way, especially mm-hmm. when you want to make it to the academy level, yeah. right? For all our listeners who don't understand the soccer system in this country, as I'm learning, right? Going through these elite soccer academies is one of the, is the highest, pathway to going pro? Yeah, the highest level in America, most definitely. And, and if you're in Los Angeles, LAFC. Top team. Top team, one of the best teams in the country right now. I think the number three, number two. For for the under eighteen. Yeah, you seventeen, eighteen. So and again, you were playing. You're playing up. You're playing with guys of seventeen, eighteen when you try when out. I, no, when I was at LAFC, that's when I was playing. I think like you, thirteen, you fourteen years. So that was my first year after leaving um, AYSO and going to Santa Monica United. That was my first year playing with people, kids that were my age. So then to get cut from playing with kids my age, I was like, what in the world? I was like, wow. Um, but yeah, that was, after getting cut was probably the lowest time I've ever dealt with because I ended up quitting soccer for, I think, eight to nine months and I just played basketball. That was it. Quit and played basketball. Um, so what was that like internally? What was it like in the family? Like yeah. how did they handle uh, um, injuries, setbacks, and just giving you, was it kind of like your choice to take the time? Yeah. Um, I just didn't want anything to do with the sport at all. Like if soccer was on, my dad was watching as I turn it off, I don't want to see it. Like it was really, it was really bad. I was really hurt in that time of my life. Um, and they just let me, they let me deal with it, but they still knew I had a, I had a passion for it. Like I, I probably like four or five reading books on soccer. I read like a Tim Howard autobiography. Like I love the sport and for them to see me get that hurt by it. Um, really, it probably hurt them a lot. I got to give your parents a hug. It's one of the hardest things yeah. to be a sports parent because this fine line between being invested and wanting it and then wanting what's best for your child yeah. is yeah. is a line that gets crossed a lot. Yeah, for sure. So they let you do what you, you enjoy and you're, you're out draining three-pointers in the driveway. And oh, my God. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. I miss basketball. It's probably my favorite it's the most entertaining sport to me. It's probably the most entertaining sport. The soccer is entertaining, but basketball is so fun. Okay, well, we'll see what your contract allows for. I don't <laughs> want to be the guy that gets in trouble for 
<laughs> but I'd oh, love yeah. that. That'd be fun with a, uh, a barbecue yeah. and some 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 hoops. Yeah. Um, we still, it's, you know, so I know people that play for a lifetime. So it's a great mm, sport. It's a great sport. Yeah. Love it. So, what changed during that eight month period? Aside from tuning into your body, which you know, becoming mm-hmm. aware of an athlete of how to take care of it and yeah. recover. What what shifted for you? Um, what shifted was probably towards the latter half. I ended up realizing that I missed soccer completely. And my parents saw that I missed it. And they ended up probably when I turned, I think it was 14, they forced me back. I wanted to go, but I was completely denying it to them. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. And they ended up putting me in Santa Monica surf at the time. And I ended up falling in love with it again. I, I found in that eight month period that I missed it, but I was like, I don't want to get hurt again by the sport. I don't want to um, have that pain that I dealt with at LAFC ever again. So how did you how did you try and control for that? Like, uh, was it about the coach? Was it about the team setup? Like, was it about making it about fun at that time? Like, what what shifted for the choosing Santa Monica United at that time? Um, my parent they just wanted to. Um, it wasn't about playing at a high level, but it was just about getting my confidence back up because it wasn't playing with the best of kids and it was um, kids my age and they just wanted to see how I'm where, where I could take from it. And I ended up being very, very successful. Not in the first, I think the first six months of joining the team, I was like, okay, I hadn't played in a year. So like I was, it was a little finding bit- Finding yourself again. Yeah, finding myself again. And then COVID hit and I don't know what happened in COVID. I was like, that's when I just became invested. Like, I was like, this is what I'm going to do when I grow up. This is what I'm going to, I figured it out. Which is interesting. A lot of athletes, right? COVID was this, this time of you couldn't play, Yeah. you know, you couldn't, the games were being canceled. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if I was an athlete, I mean, it, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people stop pursuing their sports. Yeah. Um, due to external factors. So, but for you, it became an yeah. added period to focus. Yeah. Um, I probably, I remember doing 5 a.m. sessions. It's not like we were in quarantine for so long. I didn't need to wake up at five, but I just felt the need to. I probably did four sessions a day and I was just committed to going pro. Like, I didn't know how, cause I was playing at Santa Monica and I knew I wasn't going back to LAFC, but I knew I was, I, however, I was gonna go pro. And I ended up breaking my elbow training and I think it was June 2020 May 2020 I broke my elbow after I had gained so much since March and I was like no way and how did you stay fresh through that um I think it was crazy because when I got the elbow's the worst (laughs) this the worst but literally the day after and they cast me up I went in my front yard and I was just juggling I couldn't do anything crazy but I was just juggling. I was in love with the ball. Like there was no way I was falling out of love with the sport again after what I've been through with it. So, which is a really key mental skill or physical skill as an athlete, right? To look at what are the things I can do, mm-hmm. even when I'm recovering. Like yeah. you mentioned, a couple of things that athletes go through when recovering from an injury: the grief, the loss of being around the team, for sure. Uh, that part of an identity. But I can juggle the ball. I can. Mm-hmm. I can work on uh, futsal. I can work on, yeah. you know, kicking a ball off a wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could watch film. Exactly. I probably watched 
film all day. I wasn't playing any video games in that time. I was just watching film. I watched the same videos over and over, studying, studying, writing in my journal. It who's who's um that's right and you you also i believe um you work with uh greg mm-hmm. uh moskowitz Markevich, yeah. Markevich. yeah mattiskevich Mat- thank yeah. you dear friend of mine thank you i'm sorry for butchering your last name oh, you know you know him? yeah he also has worked with mike so oh, wow. yeah so uh yeah greg is incredible and a former basketball player yeah. from from the uh new york area so yeah Wow, that's crazy. Us mental skills professionals, we, we bond together. Mm-hmm. Jeez, that's crazy, you know. He's a cool guy. Yeah, so um, and he, I know he focuses on journaling as well, yeah, the power of that. Yeah, that's where I got it from. That's where I got it from. So no video games. Wow, that's mm. discipline. There was a time. There was, was a time. Say. But for the majority, it was, I wasn't playing too many video games. Not too many. That's incredible. That's incredible. I mean, the pandemic, such an intense time, but to take control of your athletic destiny and to know, sounds like that vision was already crystallizing. Oh, yeah. And once I got the cast off, it was it was go time. It was go time. I trained like never, never before in my life because we had all day. We were in quarantine. I couldn't go anywhere. And I remember Mike and Bobby, they were bugging me. They were like, what are you doing? You're at home. You're not training. You're not coming to UCLA. I, I wasn't trying to get sick. So I was just in my home. I had a wall. I was in front of the wall all day holiday passing 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 shooting shooting so yeah learned a lot about myself in that period of time the, yes and for those of you who don't know bobby is bobby humphrey of uh la point break academy training uh, all over la if you're looking for a pickup and improve your soccer skills shout out to him yeah. and michael oberger of course my son collegiate soccer player at occidental college so yeah. Be remiss if we don't mention, yeah. the, but but what you're saying is really true, right? If an athlete is focused and disciplined, and this is what's really hard, especially at a young age, to have naturally mm-hmm. to watch film. Like yeah. we can create the structure for ourselves, yeah. And the best athletes have that. They have it. They have it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So don't want to jump ahead, but so the big, big news signing with uh, the Red Bulls in 2021. Yeah. Uh, what was that like for you and your family? And how did that how did that come about? Was it was there a courtship? Was there? Yeah. A, yeah, it was probably the hardest decision for my mom. But she know how hard I worked for it. Like what I said, at the beginning of my time at surf, how I was kind of like finding myself. And then when COVID hit and right after COVID, when we had our season, I think it was about 19 games. It was shortened. I had 49 goals in 19 games and I was like, wow, like this is what I want to do. And the opportunity came up and tried out in June and I killed it. And um, making the decision for my mom. Which meant flying out to New York, right? Yeah, and moving away, having to stay with a host family in the beginning. Um, She was not with it at (laughs) first. She was not with it at all but we showed her the pathway and how things could lead to me actually pursuing my dreams and how it it's really hard to happen in LA with the situation with LAFC and that Red Bulls really had a great pathway um and there's a lot more soccer academies on the east coast oh yeah it's they're tough it's so tough out there but um it was something that we couldn't really say no to that opportunity yeah, in fact, I didn't even realize that even for collegiate soccer that they play like some of the schedule out here, some of the divisions, and then most of the teams they play are like yeah. from the East Coast, so mm-hmm. or the same division, so you don't even get to play yeah. a lot of your uh, same same division foes. Yeah. 
So it's really heavily weighted East Coast uh, for that sport. Um, and what a decision. Yeah, last I was laughing. The last time I saw you was uh, talking about L.A. We don't get so much weather, but it was a, a thunderstorm. Or a when we were lightning there? storm. Oh, my God. A lightning storm in Madison, New Jersey. <laughs> that was so bad. I remember playing in um, against Atlanta United in the middle of the winter. And they said it was going to snow after the game, so we were fine. Um, it was probably like 20-something degrees. Next thing you know, a whole snow snowstorm hits. You can't see any of the lines or anything, but they weren't going to stop it because they had came up from Atlanta. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I went in the locker room in my hands. I thought they were going to fall off. It was so bad. <laughs> Did you have gloves? Did they yeah, give you the equipment? I wore like four gloves, and it didn't work. <laughs> it felt like it just went through. That it doesn't be LA is the best place in the world. Got to be best place in the world easily. I mean, right? Seventy degrees for Every most day. games. I didn't realize it was like I didn't know that there was actual other struggles with weather. Like I didn't know people actually had to <laughs> worry about weather at all. Because LA, what are we in a coat? I'm wearing a coat in sixty five degrees here. There, it's like oh my gosh, it feels so cool. so wow. So were you able to play in the snow or, you, or did you, was it like too hard to the get first, distracted? The first three weeks, I remember I was like, there's no way. I was telling my dad, I was like, we got to go back. <laughs> we got to go back home. Call up all the L.A. Yeah, teams. Yeah, no, I'll do anything. There's no way. But it, it made me tougher. It made me way tougher having the grind in the snow, training in the snow. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to shape who I am in the future. Trying to play in Europe. And that's what the weather is. It's just a reflection of how it is out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, right. They yeah. get a ton of rain, oh especially God. in the UK. Yeah. I heard it's not as cold as it is in New York, but it's still going to be colder than L.A., what I'm used to. I mean, it's such a beautiful game. It's played worldwide, right? And adjusting. Mm -hmm. uh, and that can really affect teams, right? The weather that you're going into, the humidity. Yeah. Um, but I, but I want to touch on what you said, you know, that, you, that your family really makes decisions as a unit mm -hmm. and that it wasn't an easy decision. It was a sacrifice. It was definitely a sacrifice. But my mom saw the work that I put in in the pandemic and all that I came through and she couldn't she couldn't really say no to it because she knew how much of a passion I had for the sport. And she felt like she she said she would have been doing a disservice not letting me go chase my dreams, even though it hurt her. It hurt my little brother being away from my little brother. Um, and all my uncles and aunts are out here, grandparents, everyone's out here. And we're a super tight family. So it hurt everyone, but they knew this what I Yeah, wanted. it's important to highlight. It's not so easy, you know, as a kid, we think, oh, well, you're going to go for, of course you go for the pros, or of course you take that kind of, but we don't realize, yeah. right, that, that if all our fuel comes from being close to our community, our family, yeah. you know, and that's where we get a lot of our motivation from being around and getting the love and care of those individuals. Going away on our own at a young age is like, yeah, um, it's hard because in the first bit, I think the first three months I was living without anyone. I was staying with a host family. It was it was good because we knew the family. Um, they they went to college with my dad at USC and it was a blessing having them because I knew my parents, they didn't want to move out. Um, but then it got to a point where they knew that they needed, um, I needed their support. It's something different having your own family, um, living with my own dad, like without being, being without my dad was probably the hardest thing because he took me to every game and not seeing him in the stands of my games if I scored was probably the, one of the worst feelings ever. Did it, did it, um, affect your mood or performance at all initially? Um, 
kind of i had a rough probably first four months but it was i was getting new to the academy system and everything so it was normal it's normal to be an adjustment yeah exactly but then being away from my family made it just 10 times harder and how did teams handle that you know did they did they try and adjust to having you know you're probably the youngest player on the team yeah i was one of the youngest on the teams um but they try and um help support the family in any ways they can but there's only so much that a team can do um but they i'm really grateful for them taking the opportunity getting me to and from practice um with a ride along so it was really a blessing having them they did all that they could which we really appreciate and at that level you're practicing you know just for our listeners to understand how many hours a day and Uh, how many games probably three and a half hours a day only one day off in the week um practice at 11 a.m. and then practice at 3 and then games every weekend we were traveling so much I remember we went to Canada for a game Toronto we went to Montreal Nashville LA Texas all over the country to play wow talk about culture shock what was I like being in Montreal and seeing everyone speak French it's so sick (laughs) I, I wanted to learn French so bad after that trip I was like no way I don't know what they're saying but it's such a cool city and Toronto was amazing as well so nice what was the most beautiful place you visited? Do you get to do any sightseeing or any? Not really, but we, we mainly bust. Like we bust all the way up to Montreal. It was beautiful seeing upstate New York. Um, Texas was really boring. I'll say that. There's <laughs> it's no, a lot of space. There's nothing in Texas, but probably Montreal. It was a completely different culture. Like you said, they were speaking French. Um, the architecture, everything was different about the city, the whole culture. So I love I loved Montreal probably the most. And my mom used to live there in Montreal because my really? grandpa he used to play for the Expos when they were the Expos back in the day so she used to live there and I think I was like five minutes away from there where they used to live so was this was this mid 80s was this uh yeah yeah or, it was mid 80s yeah oh he was on the teams with uh Andre Dawson yeah he, yeah yeah and Gary Carter my favorite New mm-hmm. York man yeah <laughs> wow so it's funny how the athlete journey in the family you get to retrace <laughs> crazy the roots mm-hmm so were there any highlight like did you, your family get to come out and see you anything that gave yeah. you a little bit of motivation just to like keep investing um it was pretty cool because my mom had her studio in new york city so every month she'd have to come in for about a week to um go to her studio and film but she would stay in jersey with me since it's only an hour train ride so it was pretty cool seeing her once a month and then my dad ended up moving in around November so I really had the support I needed at that time which really I feel like it helped change my game completely wow it's special the, the tight-knit mm-hmm. yeah bond that you two share and, yeah you know you can always say now that you lived in Madison New Jersey yeah oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> they always talk about like Pulisic living in like some small town by a train <laughs> train station yeah. in Jersey I will never forget that I will never in, in Germany that. yeah yeah so your inspiration is 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 much bigger your vision right and to have a, a vision at your age yeah. um you know it's amazing you know that that you're thinking so far beyond even just completing high school yeah right mm-hmm. um so where does that come from like crafting a vision and having a vision mm-hmm. uh, and then maybe you know we can get into what that vision is for you yeah having a vision i feel like it started from having a purpose um 
I feel like my purpose is to be an inspiration to others and to, um, even if it's not soccer, but like what my vision was um, to help African-Americans play the sport of soccer. Um, Cause I feel like there's just not enough playing it. They're choosing either basketball, football, or whatever it is. But I want to be the bridge to show people that like, nah, you can play soccer. Like it's a cool sport. Um, and and to get back into the details, what, are the statistics increasing? Yeah, it you is know? way. It's way more than what it once was, but it still could be way more. Because I feel like we have. Ultimately, I want to be the way that the U.S. ends up winning a World Cup, and I feel like we have the best athletes, and I feel like that's the only reason we're behind. So if I could be an inspiration to help all the athletes come and choose soccer, I feel like I've done my, I've done my job in the sport, wherever it takes me. That's beautiful. And and why do you want them to know about soccer? Um, that's a great question. But I feel like we've all we've shown what we can do in basketball. We show what we can do in football. But I feel like we haven't shown what we can do in soccer. And there's so many more young African American athletes playing soccer. But we we could really do something in the near future. Yeah, I mean, so much improvement with the you know ability to watch the international soccer and mm -hmm. and the yeah. World Cup play. Yeah. Um, I feel like more and more athletes are moving towards the sport, but maybe, you know, there's still yeah. that pay to play thing. There's mm -hmm. still the expensive exactly. of, of uh, in some states, right? Of the, the only way you can play is if you're on a travel team mm -hmm. and the costs. Yeah, for sure. Um, are there any remedies for that or, or any of the academies putting like. Most academies are um, free. To, I think the only one that's not free is DC United. But I, I'm, I might be mistaken. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just super hard to get into an academy. So you're left with the pay to play cl travel clubs. But I want to somehow figure out a way to make it more accessible for everyone to play. Which is funny, right? Because, you know, you, you, I, I talked to some of my clients that grew up in like Africa and they just kick mm -hmm. around like yeah. they don't even have a ball mm -hmm. or. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they love it. It's like yeah. the focus of the, you know, it's just what we value or yeah. what we put out there is like totally. hero culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so what's next for you? Yeah. <laughs> Recently just signed with Philly Union. Um, it was tough because I knew I was going to have a really important role at Red Bulls, but we asked for... Um, our release um, and Red Bull, they had been great to me. Like they had not, I have nothing against Red Bull at all. It was a great year of experience. I got so much exposure from clubs around the country, colleges around the country. Um, it was great, but um, I feel like really what I needed to take the next step and to develop as a complete striker to see the Edward Davis that you'll see in the coming future. Like I feel like we needed to make this move. Wow. Well, well, we've got to break that. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. Yes, Thank and that's you. exciting. Now you, now you made your pro debut. I think it was televised, right? Yeah. Um, I was supposed to. I was know. supposed to. And then in the last minute, our center back got a red card. I was all prepared. They were like, "You're coming on." And next thing you know, so it was. That so was, it's been postponed. Yeah, postponed. <laughs> postponed. I don't know till when, but. It was supposed to be, yeah, like five weeks ago, six weeks ago. Uh, 
I was there watching that day, getting ready. So that, that so it's good in that you got your anxiety levels up <laughs> as if it had to happen. Oh my gosh, I was in the locker room. I was like, no way this is real. I was pouring water on myself. I was like, wake up, wake up, wake up. It was crazy being in the locker room with all the pro guys. It's really a dream come true. Wish I got the debut, but I knew everything happens for a reason. So so what's that like? They, they, they call you up or they let you know you're going to get the nod or? That was the thing. The day before they called me in the training and... I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm better train with the second team. So I was super excited. And next thing you know, the coach is talking to me after. And he's like, I just want to let you know um, that we really love what we've been seeing from you and that you'll be rostered for the game tomorrow, the next day. Because it was a Tuesday. Tuesday morning, they called me into training. And after training on Tuesday, they were saying that I'm going to be rostered for the game Wednesday. And your so, first thought was like, I got to call my dad. Yeah. How's he going to get here in time? I was like, what in the world is happening? It was crazy. It was crazy. But it was an awesome experience, though. Playing in a stadium like that, it was so cool. So cool. How, how, how many people attend? It wasn't too many. I think it was like a couple thousand, maybe. It wasn't a lot, but it was, it was cool, though. It was an awesome experience. Even being on the sideline, warming up, um, seeing my dad there in the stands, it was so cool. So cool. So you got to have your moments of tasting it. Tasted it. Tasted it. it but it, ultimately, it was motivation that next time I'm rostered, I'm playing. Like, I'm going to do everything I can in my power to make sure. So this is an important mindset because depending on how you're wired, right, there can be natural disappointment with yeah. these things, these, these almost misses or, right, yeah. you look at talk about baseball, right, if you keep... Some players get sent down to AAA a lot, exactly. and then someone gets injured and they're back in. Back in, so always staying ready for my moment, because I never know, because that was like, literally Monday, I was like, dang, I wish I could be playing, but I was like, I was just focused on getting there. Next thing you know, Tuesday, I get the call up. So it's always about staying ready and staying motivated for when it's gonna happen, because you never know. Incredible, and so, not that you need to give us the, all the personal details that go into make a decision like that, but what helps you choose the you know, that Philly is, that this is the right spot. What it really was, was that our visions aligned with each other. And what I mean by that was um, Red Bull, they saw me as a potential wing back, a potential forward, but I see myself as a striker. Um, And Philly came to me and they wanted me to be their target. They wanted me to be their number nine um, for this upcoming season. And they just won the national championship. So getting called by a team with that big status, um, asking me to be their striker, like you can't really deny it. And I want to be a striker. So the vision literally blended in perfectly. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, brought, being brought into a winning culture. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you know that you're getting a level of support. Yeah. And it was I didn't know how it was going to be um, because Philly, they have a lot of great players in their academy, a lot of national team players. So. I was like, I didn't want to go from being at Red Bull where I knew I was going to be the man there to going to Philly and maybe sitting on the bench. But they told me, like, this is going to be you're going to be our guy. So that's an important conversation you have to have. Like, mm-hmm. am I coming over here? To, is yeah. this a step forward or is this? Exactly. But it ended up being a step forward, which was like, you can't, you, we couldn't say no to what they were offering. Wow. So from living in Madison, New Jersey to uh, are you going to be in the city? Um, I think like 20 minutes outside the city. So it's going to be a definite culture change, which I'm happy for. Madison is completely boring. Nothing to do out there. It's Jamba Juice. I saw you. I was like, I, how is he making it out here? It's got to be boring, right? So, so boring. Coming from L.A. to then Madison, where there's nothing to do ever. 
Um, but I think Philly should be cool though. I heard it's a sick city, so I'm super excited for that. And when you get signed to a pro team, I mean, you'd be living with other players or how does it um, work? No, um, as of now, my dad's gonna be moving out with me. I'm gonna start out with the 17s and it's gonna be pretty much same situation at Red Bulls, but I know that they believe in me tremendously and they told me they see me as a pro there. So hopefully move up the ranks quickly and make my name in the Philly Academy. It's incredible. It's incredible. And, and what an opportunity. And we can't wait to see it come to fruition this year. I mean, is it hard when you keep getting approached by colleges like these constant doors that even yeah. as they open, does it create pressure, distraction? Like, um, As of last year, I was only a freshman, so I wasn't even allowed to talk to them. They were reaching out. And then my dad would have to say he's only a freshman. Since we're not allowed to talk to them, I think. After your sophomore, sophomore year. year. So um, not really because I've really been focused on um, going pro, but I know I can't shut down any doors. Making sure education is still really important. Um, but no, it didn't cause too much distraction. It was cool kind of knowing that like, hey, if going pro doesn't work out, I'll have all these people to go fall back on. Yeah, and for all for our <laughs> listeners, right? Like, your parents were try. They could go. They went to USC. Yep, USC, and, and then my mom went to ORU in Oklahoma, I think, or Texas, one or the other. Oral Roberts. Yeah, Oral Roberts. Yeah. So, but collegiate track, you know, goes in line, right? They they do the collegiate season and then mm -hmm. the competitions. Yeah. Outside of it, but mm -hmm. with soccer, uh, the pathway to going pro doesn't always go through college. Yeah, it's mainly going into a youth academy. Like when I was at LAFC, I remember I saw the vision. I'm going to play LAFC from U13 year and all the way till I'm a pro. So, um, but then college, you go to college, um, have the chance of getting drafted. It's a way harder route, but then it's still possible for sure. But mainly the academy route is the one that's mostly taken. So what do you want to tell other young athletes when they are like, how do I give up going out with my friends? How do I, mm -hmm. like, like, how do you make that sacrifice? I want to be a kid. I want to have fun. Like, how do you, you know, balance that? Yeah. I remember because going to Madison, it was my first year of high school. Um, and I, w I'm, I was always cool with pretty much everyone in the school. They all knew I played for Red Bulls. So it was easy meeting people. And they all asked me to come to their parties. But I was, <laughs> yeah. it just didn't. I've never, my parents, they never went to parties growing up. So I was like, this isn't helping me going. I would rather go train and um, have a chance to go in pro than go to parties. And I don't even know what would happen. Like, I, I don't know. And I wasn't with my, my family wasn't there. So I didn't really feel comfortable going to parties by myself without knowing that I could call my dad and he'd be there in five minutes. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the desire for it or... Yeah, I just never had a desire for it. I would rather train or whatever, um, trying to fulfill my dreams and something that would last two hours. I'd rather make gains. And so was it hard to say no to people? No, no. it wasn't. Because even when I was in middle school, I, was, I wasn't going to hang out at school. If I were to ask any of my friends, they were so mad because I was never... Um, even birthday parties, I wasn't really going to. Like, of course, my family's, but like... Outside of that, I was just training. 
And I also know, um, you know, right, the, the, you know, maybe we can talk in a few minutes before we, we close up today about the pressures of social media and how important mm-hmm. it is, on the other hand, you know, athletes to have a profile page. Yeah. Uh, how is your family handling that? And, and you know, how has that been for you? Um, I'm, I feel so grateful and blessed to have parents that are aware of what social media can do. And they haven't, they didn't let me get Instagram until I think literally a month and a half ago. Cause they wanted me to, they said they were gonna give it to me when they felt that I was ready enough to deal with the pressures of people um, hating. Because my uncle, he's a huge fashion designer, Jerry Lorenzo owns big companies, and he gets hate for like no reason. He has like 1.7 million on Instagram. Um, and they just didn't want me to have to deal with the backlash of what he could be dealing with, what my mom could be dealing with, and it ultimately go on me. So they wanted to make sure that I was ready, and I'm really blessed that they care that much about me because I was like, I want Instagram. Like all my friends have Instagram when they were like 12. Like why can't I have it? And like no, not yet. So I just ended up getting it. So. Um, well, I keep thinking about Philly, and you see Joel and B getting in arguments <laughs> with the owner. <laughs> oh my god! You have one game where you don't use you just score only two goals instead of three. And Dude, oh my gosh! I'm just I heard the fans out there are wild. They're so. very passionate. Yeah, they're very passionate. So I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for it. I went to many New York Giant Philadelphia Eagle rivalries, and it's. I can't imagine. Yeah, football is probably wild. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Yeah. But the people, it's so funny. Sports take on the, the energy of the people and the culture yeah. and um, very hardworking people, the city of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and sports mean a lot. Yeah. And they, they were good, right? They've been decent. The Eagles? Yeah. Well, as a giant fan, Giants we've been fan. we've been the worst team. Like, yeah. so, yes, yes, they have been, and and there have been you know famous athletes growing up. For me, it was uh, Randall Cunningham. Was a co- mm-hmm. his daughter is now an Olympic high jumper. Oh wow! He coaches her. So yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, just rivalries when you're from the East Coast, and that's why we just talked about the cold. Yeah. Um, you know, going to the games, uh, freezing, having to adapt. Um, yeah. So, but but they do give you. That's a good thing about playing for a pro team. They probably make sure you've got the everything, leggings. The everything, yeah. They make sure I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> they make sure I'm good. I, of course, I do my extra bit. I get my two or three extra pair of leggings and gloves and head stuff just to make sure I'm not cool. Because this is what they're used to. This is. I remember the first day it started getting cold and I think it was like forty something, and I looked. Everyone was still in like maybe a pair of gloves and whatnot in their shorts still, and I was there fully snow like i was not having it <laughs> your body's not conditioned i to was it. not having it yeah I so what do you do differently to warm your body up that you wouldn't do on the east coast or or you know after a game no i have to warm up in the because we have our facility our building um so i'm in there for probably like 15 minutes on the bike getting my legs ready because i know if i just walk outside and start warming up it's not really gonna work so i'm in the facility probably like 15 minutes warming up, stretching, and making sure that I'm ready to endure what I'm about to walk out into. And make sure I have a little bit of sweat because I need to be a little warm to walk outside. Yeah, because the body naturally tenses up in the cold, right? Oh my gosh. (laughs) And getting hit with the ball, like I got hit in, I think it was on my hamstring one time, and the ball feels like a rock. And I thought I was out for the rest of the year. (laughs) Ice. I thought it was Ice pellets. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So, Talk to us. What are you looking forward to for this year? What are you hoping to accomplish? I mean, we're excited to be a part of your journey and 
can't wait to have future conversations with yeah. you. But what are you what are you looking forward to, and and what what how does the vision get to the next level this year? Yeah, um, I feel like this is a year. Um, Philly, they're gonna work closely with my development as a player to become a very complete player. So I'm just hoping that I make the gains that I need to to become a professional and hopefully make my debut this year. That's what I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then more of that, more times playing up with the second team and then hopefully getting called in with the first team to play. So it's very exciting what the future holds here at Philly. Um, so yeah, can't wait, I'm excited. Excited, excited, I mean, We'll be we'll be standing by and, and even West Coast viewers will be able to stream yeah. all um, the games. Yeah. I think they just partnered the MLS with Apple TV, so all of our games will be live. And all of our games are streamed on YouTube as well, so every game we'll be able to watch. The Philadelphia Union. So yeah. are you gonna are you have any grudge against LAFC when, um, <laughs> when you come out here? <laughs> I, I don't wanna say I don't wanna say anything. But it's weird because Red Bulls in Philly, we are rivals. Like it's like Philly and the Giants, like I think we played Philly Union four times, four times, because it was like they're number one in the country, and we're like it was always flipping. So to there's me, always a little bit of extra. Yeah, it's like when we would play them, it was like it's the derby, so it meant a lot. And then to be switching over, I don't know how my teammates are gonna feel, but sometimes in life you have to make choices that benefit yourself. So not trying to be selfish or anything, but. Well, it's a very mature decision, and it sounds like, right, as long as you know where you are coming from, saying this is my position, this yeah. is what I'm going for, and when we make big decisions, not everyone is going to understand because, yeah. you know, they they become attached to the outcome they want to see. So uh, sure. it, it, this is a very hard aspect of being professional, but it sounds like your parents are having them in your corner. Yeah. A lot of yeah. people are afraid. Uh, people pleasing is a big factor, right? And letting mm -hmm. letting others down. Yeah. And one of my um, closest friends on the team, he moved from Florida the same time I moved from LA to join Red Bulls. And I'm starting to learn that, like, in professional sports, like nowhere, you're not really gonna ever have a home, and you're always moving. And you never know what the future can hold for you. And towards the end of the season. Um, he ended up leaving the team and he's going over to Cincinnati right now. He's a, what a guy, what a baller. But you just see like how things like might not work up and me and him, we're tightest of friends now, texting him every day, calling him every day. Um, but that hurt because I heard he was leaving and then I was like, dang. Yeah, you still feel it. And yeah. then you see it after the game, the players go up to each other and mm -hmm. they're like they were just competing and now yeah. they're giving each other hugs because they trained with a coach on the other team. They were teammates. They were college yeah. teammates with a guy or yeah. high school teammates. And I know his goals are to go pro at the highest level. So we just said we'll see each other at the top one day. So I'm really, I'm really excited for him in his future. And how important is that for you to have some people who at least understand the same experience you're going through? Yeah, um, it's awesome because we were really motivation to each other. Um, both trying to in the new system getting playing time um, and he was always supportive when I was successful he was cheering me on when I was down he was still in my corner and same for him I would always cheer him on making sure he was okay so it was awesome those are the kind of teammates you keep for life for life I still I still keep in touch with team when I when I know that someone is gonna hedge on the pick and roll and yeah. they got my back 
you know, it sends a special kind of message that this person has your back. Yeah. And it's a metaphor for life. Those are the relationships where you know someone is willing to go to bat for you. And, and those, are, yeah, those are people you want to surround yourself with. So it's awesome. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Well, um, in closing, Edward, give us your vision. Where, where do you see yourself? Uh, where's, the, where's the highest point of soccer that you want to allow yourself to go to? I don't even know. I feel like I haven't even tapped into what the best version of myself is yet, but definitely playing over somewhere in Europe. But I want to be one of the best to ever do it. So we'll see where it takes me. Um, but I'm excited for what my career holds for me. I feel like I haven't even seen the potential of what I can be as an athlete. Well, that's beautiful. And it's, 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 uh, you know, exciting to be able to witness it. And I guess your mom's going to have to open franchises. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. She, she's getting the pressure. What's the what's the real estate market? <laughs> <laughs> Nottingham, yeah. England. Or... Oh my God! Yeah, then, dude, I'm excited. Which is your team? Uh, your um, European club team? That you oh, love? Liverpool. 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 That's my team. That is my team. Hopefully, that would be a dream to play out there in England. I want to go to the Prem for sure, but we'll see where my career takes me. I can't control anything, so. Just work hard and stay focused and dedicated to what I love to do. Ah, sp spoken like a young sports psychology yeah, man. professional. Yeah, man. Maybe after soccer, <laughs> I could be a little <laughs> psychologist, do a little something with that. Who knows? Well, I mean, you understand it well, right? We only control the controllables and we can only control. I mean, you really understand the work ethic um, and the ability to focus on limiting distractions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and going after your passion and going after your, your mission, right? What you said is really true and uh, about changing the landscape of a sport. Yeah. I mean, that is a very big mission. Some people are like, I just want to score 30. I just want to score three goals today. Yeah. I just want to get my touches. It's, yeah, it's bigger than the sport for me. And the only way that um, I can be able to do my vision is to be successful on the field and performing and scoring the 30 goals, say whatever. But being successful on the field is the only way I'll have the platform to be an influencer um, to create the change that I want in the sport. And you're a lefty too, right? Lefty. See, yeah. we're, really we're influencers. We, we're, really we're, we're just born. <laughs> really changing things. Yeah. Well, Edward Davis, um, real honor to have you here. We can't wait to see you. Uh, Philly Union, when does this season kick off? September 23rd. Are you ready? September 23rd, coinciding with the Rosh Hashanah in the new year. I love it. I love it. Good things are coming. We'll be, we'll Thank be, you for we'll having be. me. It's been an honor. Thank it, you. It's a real honor and um, can't wait to be a part of it. For all of you, um, can they follow any social media? How can yeah. people watch you or follow Philly Union's YouTube page, please? Um, Whatever you want Philly, to share. Philly Union um, on YouTube. They stream all of their games. Pretty sure it's just called Philadelphia Union. You can go follow me on Instagram, Edward Davis 6 um, and yeah, you heard it here first. Sounds All right, guys. thank you, everyone. Appreciate you tuning in. I'm Richard. Listens. If you or someone you know is struggling with performance blocks uh, or needs a little bit of looking how they've been impacted through the pandemic, how their emotions coincide with their performance in any way, or if they just need a little fine tuning on creating and crafting a bigger vision and purpose, like Edward has outlined to us today reach out to me and of course the zero method awaken the hero within my new book available on amazon pick up a copy
Take care, everyone. See you on the next round. See you guys.